This morning is really all about the power of a godly example. And whether you know it or not, we are all following someone or something. And the path of least resistance is to follow the world, to follow people in the world, and to be formed into the world's mold. And believe me, people who do not know who they are following are always following the world. But the Bible tells us to follow people who follow Christ. And that is how a lot of our spiritual progress takes place. God designed us to follow godly examples. And he planned that a lot of our growth and maturity and becoming the kind of people we're supposed to be would come out of following godly people who are following Christ. If you are not actively emulating the lives of good soldiers of Jesus Christ, you will not grow up into maturity or completeness in Christ. So Paul pleads with with us many times throughout the Scripture to follow him as he follows or imitates Christ. Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, you know how we lived among you and you became imitators of us and of the Lord. And as a result, you have become a model for all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. So you see how this works? Paul commended them because they followed him as as they followed him and they followed the Lord, and as a result, they became a model for other people to follow. And so this is a pattern. It's it's a spiritual principle. It's a way that God works our sanctification. And we neglect it to our detriment. He told the Philippians, brothers and sisters, join in imitating me. And keep your eyes on people on those people who walk according to the example that you have in us that's Philippians 3 17 Hebrews 13 7 remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith so we are to look at people whose lives show faith and endurance peace and joy We're to look at the outcome or the result, the godly result of their way of living, and we are to imitate their faith. Now, the essence of our scripture that John just read for us this morning is simply that Paul had set an example, and Timothy had followed that example, and Paul commended Timothy for following that example. He said, way to go, Timothy. Keep doing that. And I can assure you that if Paul, the Apostle Paul were here this morning, he would commend you in the ways that you have followed his example and other godly people who also are following Christ. Uh, God, would commend, God himself would commend you and say, you are doing a good job if you are following uh, people like the Apostle Paul and others who follow him and follow Christ. Well, in this passage, Paul lists eight ways that Timothy followed him and ways that formed Timothy into a faithful man of God. And every one of these eight things 
are crucial for you and I to pursue in order to become complete or strong and mature in Christ. And as we go through this list, you, you might find that you're doing well in four or six of these areas. And this morning should encourage you to pursue these other remaining qualities that would help you a lot to have them in your life. Now, if, if you're here this morning and you already are heading in the right direction in all of these things, and I, I think some of you are, this morning should deeply encourage you to continue in them. But God puts godly, real people, you know, like flesh and blood people, God puts real people in our, in our lives for a reason. It helps us. It gives us a pattern. In fact, Paul said that. He used that very word. Follow the pattern that you have seen in me. So we know we are supposed to be strong in hard times, but it helps to have someone show us how to do that. Uh, It helps to see somebody else confidently trusting in the Lord when they're going through a big mess or something that's really hard. Uh, We know we're supposed to love people, but it helps us to see someone else laying their life down and so we know more how to do that ourselves. We know that we're supposed to be godly, but it helps us to see another person who's just consistently walking in the Holy Spirit, consistently bearing the fruit of the Spirit. It helps us to see that. We need other people to show us how to endure, how to fight the good fight, and especially how to suffer and endure suffering. Well, Paul was that model for Timothy. And Timothy, or any of us, would do well by following Paul's example. The overall theme, still in chapter 3, and much of what we've been covering in First and Second Timothy, is enduring suffering or enduring hard times. Paying the price necessary to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Paying the price necessary to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And Paul here in this passage, he mentions lots of ways that Timothy followed him. But if you look at the whole context, he really zeroed in on suffering. Because it is, it is often suffering or hard things are is often the dividing line. It's the fork in the road. It's the turning point. Jesus said, some receive the word with joy, but when persecution comes, they quickly fall away. Persecution is a big issue, and it keeps a lot of people from going on with following Christ in the way that they ought to. And so Paul showed us how to suffer, how to be faithful in suffering. In Acts 20, 24, Paul said, I do not account my life of any value or as precious to myself if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Wow. Wow. Uh, not very many people think that way. It's, a, it's so, so important to arrive at that attitude in life. Acts 
21.13, Paul said, I'm ready not only to be imprisoned, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Over and over, Paul showed complete abandonment of his personal life and, and even his personal safety to God. Not that he was purposefully reckless, but he had counted the cost and he was willing to pay with his life for the sake of the name of Jesus and the sake of the elect or the sake of God's people. And so it begs the question, are we there? Am I there? Are you there? I mean, it just, it should arouse that question in our hearts. And if we're, if we're not, uh, we haven't really followed Paul in his suffering. And so we have to ask ourselves, what are we willing to undergo to give up to face for faithful loyalty to Christ? Because at some point, it will cost you to be faithfully loyal to Christ. And over and over again, in different ways, in different words, we're told in the Scripture to consider the cost, count the cost, be willing to pay the price, be prepared, arm yourself with the purpose of suffering. And Paul showed us not only that, that he suffered, Again, he showed us how to suffer, and Paul did it with joy and without self-pity. He's the one who sang hymns at midnight in the jail at Philippi. He's the one who said in Romans chapter 5, we exult in our tribulations, or we, we rejoice, or we glory, or we boast in our tribulations. Paul was beaten, flogged, robbed, stoned, and yet he carried on faithfully through suffering and there was a re- there was a joy in Paul this that's just amazing and even here in this passage when Paul described his persecutions and sufferings at, the, at these different places he said but the lord delivered me out of them all now if you go back and read those stories in acts you would probably not say the Lord delivered him out of them all. I mean, he got stoned in one place. They carried him out thinking, uh, they carried him out of the city thinking he was dead. And yet Paul said, out of them all, the Lord rescued me. The Lord delivered me out of them all. To Paul, as long as he was able to get his body up and go on preaching the gospel and building up the church, he considered himself delivered and so we have that we have the example of Paul we have Paul and we have others who have shown us the way through suffering but godly examples and there's many in the scripture all all throughout church history missionary biographies incredible unbelievable examples of faithfulness to Christ through unbelievable hard things but those godly examples are wasted on us if we do not purpose to be like those people if we do not purpose in the words of the scripture over and over to imitate them or to follow their pattern now Timothy had not only heard 
about Paul's suffering. He not only you know, knew mentally about his suffering, he not only traveled with Paul through suffering, but he adopted Paul's mindset about suffering. He adopted Paul's teaching, Paul's purpose, Paul's faith, and his willingness to suffer. And Timothy made that his own. He, he owned these qualities for himself. He saw them in Paul, and he, he imitated them. He said, I want to be like that. I'm going to be like that. I'm going to follow Paul in his suffering. Now, the, the old New American Standard, uh, which uh, I'm most familiar with, begins this passage by saying, Timothy, but you. And I love that. But you. He, you know, do you know what? He, he's just talked about all these people who are ungodly, who are going to bring terrible times on the church, who, people who oppose the truth. And then Paul says, but you. But you followed me. You followed my teaching, my conduct, my steadfastness, my persecution and suffering, etc. And the words but you are important here. The, the ESV, which John read for us, says you however. Well, the, it's the same idea. Uh, Paul has just said people will be lovers of self and money and pleasure rather than lovers of God. People will be arrogant, conceited, ungrateful, abusive. They will oppose the truth. And Paul said, but you, Timothy, are not like that. You didn't follow those people. You followed me. And that's what we're to do. We are not supposed to follow those people. We are supposed to follow Paul and all those who also follow Jesus Christ. Our lives are to be in sharp contrast to this last day's culture that does not love God. And in a, in, a, in a sense, that's all summed up in those words, but you. Those people are like that. But you followed me. And that's, that's supposed to characterize you and me. Maybe think of uh, where Paul said, I believe it's 1 Corinthians 10, I don't have the reference down here, but you... But you, he described, he described these terrible sins that were going on. And he said, people who practice these things won't inherit the kingdom of God. But he says, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were set apart, you were made distinct for my name. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. The name of Christ is on you. And the Spirit of God is is in you, and that makes you a new creation. But now, like Timothy, we, we, we live that out. We're to, we're to live out this, this new creation that God has made us. I mean, God has come into our hearts. We've been, we've been born again by the, by, the, by the Spirit of God, and we have, this, we have this treasure, Paul says, in earthen vessels, but now we need to walk this out. We need to live this out. We need to grow in this. And a big part of how we do that is that we imitate other godly saints. So, Paul lists all the ways that Timothy followed him, and they are all important. And so as we go through these, I urge you to use these as a pattern for, your, you, for yourself to follow. 
First, Paul said, but you, Timothy, followed my teaching. Timothy did not invent a new message. He didn't come up with his own teaching to set himself apart from Paul or to gain a following for himself, to kind of make a name for Timothy. No, he, he taught what Paul taught because that is the, that is the message of, of the gospel. That's Jesus Christ had entrusted the truth. He revealed himself to his apostles. And so uh, Timothy knew that, and he followed Paul's teaching. Jude, that we just studied in our men's group, chapter, verse 17. I love this. But you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why are we supposed to remember the words that are spoken by, beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ? Because they're the ones that were entrusted with the message. They're the ones that were given the truth. And so we, that's why we follow Paul's teaching and, and the teaching of the other apostles and writers of Scripture. False teachers, are not, false teachers are not satisfied with the teaching of the New Testament apostles of Jesus Christ. They want something that will attract, attract more attention to themselves and gain themselves more followers. So, like Timothy, the application here is make it your aim to follow Paul's teaching. Aim to know it, to understand it better and better. Uh, listen to or follow those teachers today who are faithful to the teaching, teaching of Paul and the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Second, Paul said, Timothy, you followed my conduct. Uh, Timothy saw how Paul lived. I mean, he saw Paul in a lot of different situations. I mean, terribly hard situations. Uh, all, all kinds of, of, of situations. And he saw how Paul lived, how he treated people, how he responded to trials. And Paul conducted himself. He saw that Paul conducted himself with humility, sincerity, integrity, godliness. Timothy watched that and he followed that. Even Paul himself said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5, we never came to you with words of flattery nor with a pretext for greed. We did not seek glory from you or from other people. You are witnesses, and God also, how holy and righteous and blamelessly was our conduct toward you. And that's what Paul commended Timothy for. You followed my conduct. So we're to follow Paul in that too, and we're, we're to watch godly people around us who are consistent, who are faithful, who walk with integrity and are, as Paul described himself, holy and righteous and blameless in their conduct. Fo follow people like that. No, nobody's perfect. I'm not saying that. But there are people that are substantially walking consistently with, with God and following Jesus Christ. And, and it shows in their conduct. And Paul said, follow people like that. Third, Paul said, Timothy, you followed my aim or my purpose in life. 
Paul said, my ambition in life, whether at home or absent, is to be pleasing to the Lord. Everything for Paul revolved around that, that single great ambition, to glorify God, to be pleasing to the Lord. So he says, Timothy also followed that, that purpose, that aim. And so we're to make that our goal, uh, make that your goal and aim to please Christ every day in just the real life situations, how you talk, how you answer people, your attitudes, how you do your work, how you treat your spouse, how you treat your children, how you, just how you treat everybody around you. Make it your aim, your goal in life to please Christ at every moment and every day in all you do. Paul also said his goal was to know Christ and to make him known, and I don't think that's unrelated from, from his ambition to please Christ. It's just, it's just a little fuller expression of that. And we, we all know how Paul said in Philippians 3, Oh, that I may know him. I want to know Christ. I want to know him. And he said, I want to present every person complete or mature in Christ. And for this purpose, I labor and I strive. Paul saw, or excuse me, Timothy saw that purpose, that aim in Paul's life. And Paul said, in the book of Philippians, Paul said, uh, Timothy is the only one I can send to you who doesn't seek after his own interests, but he seeks after the interests of Jesus Christ. Why does Timothy live that way? Because he had followed Paul. He had followed Paul's purpose. He'd seen that in Paul. Uh, in Philippians, Paul went on to say, Timothy, for Timothy is truly concerned for your welfare like no one else I have. So, like Timothy, we were to follow that example. Find people, find other people whose aim in life is to please Christ. And to build up the, the body of Christ and follow them. The fourth thing that Paul mentions here is, Timothy, you followed my faith. Uh, Paul believed God. He trusted God. Uh, faith is confidence in the Lord. It's confidence in the truth that he's revealed it to us. It's confidence in the promises of God. It's it's actually believing what God says to us in the Bible. We just saw earlier where Paul said, I know whom I have believed and I'm convinced that he is able to guard what has been entrusted to me. It is a battle to believe. It always has been but we're called to walk by faith. And so it is absolutely essential that we learn to fight the fight of faith. And Paul said he fought the good fight. He said, I've kept the faith. And Timothy followed that. And there's this unusual thing that happens when you're around people of faith that are walking in faith and confidence. People that are boasting in the Lord. You know what I mean? You catch that you want that and it seeps into your life and when you're walking around people that are grumbling and complaining and living in un unbelief that seeps into your life too and so Paul said 
Timothy, you followed my faith. And so we are to, we are to follow people who are walking in faith, expressing faith, talking faith, having confidence in God and in his promises. People who, who know what it is to, to boast in the Lord and to declare with confidence the goodness and the greatness and the faithfulness of our God. Fifth, Paul said, you followed my patience. Uh, Timothy had seen Paul's patience with people. One example that came to my mind of that is how when he wrote to the Galatians, and I don't know if you're familiar with the context of the book of Galatians, but there was, a ton, there was errors going on there. They were, they, they were getting into serious problems and following uh, teachers that were off base and Paul said to them, he addressed them as my little children with whom I am in labor until Christ is formed in you. He, he showed the patient endurance of a woman in labor until the baby's born. And he just had patience with people. Paul kept working with people. He kept working with churches when there were problems in churches, when there, even when there were errors uh, when churches criticized him or insulted him, you know, at Corinth, uh, they said his, his, his appearance is unimpressive, his speech is contemptible, and yet he was still patient with them. He still worked with them. He still told them and he loved them. He said, oh, Corinthians, my arms are open wide to you. That's, that's patience with people. You don't just throw people away when they make mistakes or when they get into error or even when they say bad things about you. And Timothy watched that. He saw that patience in Paul's life toward other, belie- other believers. Sixth, Timothy, you followed my love. Timothy had watched the way Paul, Paul loved people. He had experienced Paul's love and affection himself. Uh, Paul began this letter to Timothy, my beloved child. And if you've never done it before, I encourage you to to begin reading your New Testament, especially the letters of the New Testament, with your eyes open to see the love and affection of the the writers that is expressed in those letters. it's It's really amazing. It's really amazing. Timothy had watched the way Paul loved the church. In Acts 20, when Paul had finished speaking to the elders from Ephesus, apparently the the, the other people from the church came, and it says he, he knelt down with them all and prayed, and it says they all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. They had known this was somebody that loved him. They had known that this was somebody that cared about them deeply. And Timothy watched that kind of pouring out of Paul's life for his people. Uh, You know, I've been meeting with a a young man who uh, wants to go into the ministry, and he's he's taken a course, and it's it's a course on preaching, and so I've been meeting with him once a week and talking mainly about preaching, but I told him uh, one of the last times we met, I said, you know what, you know, I know being able to teach and preaching is a big part uh, of, of the work. I, I, think it's, I think it's a very important part of, of the church. But I told him, I said, you know what, honestly, in my, in my overall experience, 
um, I would say that something like, this is probably an exaggeration, but to drive home the point, I said probably preaching is maybe like 10% of the ministry. The rest of it is loving, caring, shepherding, suffering for and with people. It's loving people that's such a big part of it. I'm sure you know people who love others and lay down their lives. Paul said, follow, follow them. Seventh, but you followed my steadfastness or perseverance. Paul, when Paul was stoned and left for dead at Lystra, he didn't quit, but he got up and went on to the next town to preach the message of Christ. Timothy saw that kind of perseverance. He saw that kind of spiritual toughness and I'm not talking like like a human boastfulness or like a human strength but he saw a spirit given a spirit driven toughness in Paul that would persevere and he followed that he saw how Paul soldiered on through tough times through tough times one after the other how, how Paul kept his hand to the plow. So that's an example for us and we're to watch other godly people who endure disappointment and pain, watch the way they press on and follow Christ, the way they still praise and worship him. Uh, they're there, they haven't left, they haven't quit. They're always there, they're steadfast, they, they persevere, um, they're faithful, reliable, you can count them, they, they're steadfast. Then at last, and Paul kind of camps on this point. Uh, the very last point, Paul said, Timothy, you followed my persecutions and sufferings. And this uh, clearly seems the, to be the emphasis of this passage. Um, all of the things that we've talked about matter, but following in suffering is so important. It's, there's, there's, there's a sense in which it really is paramount that we learn how to follow in suffering. And so Paul said, but you, Timothy, followed my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, and yet from them all the Lord delivered me or rescued me. So here Paul lists three cities in which Timothy followed his suffering and persecutions. And if you will look at a map of Asia Minor, or what is today Turkey, if you will look at a map uh, of, of Asia Minor in Bible times, you will see four cities close together. And they are Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, and Derby. Timothy was from the town of Derby, which we see that in Acts 16. But apparently, Timothy followed Paul through these other nearby cities and had been there with him and followed him in his suffering. And when Paul came to Derby in Acts 16, he had already determined that he wanted to take Timothy with him on his next missionary journey because he saw the way that Timothy stood by him in his suffering at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. Okay, there's three cities, and we're going to look at each one of them. Acts, uh, or Antioch is the first one. 
Acts 13, 45 says, when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. They began to contradict what Paul was saying and they heaped abuse on him. And they drove him out of the, their district. So Timothy watched that. He watched Paul being verbally abused. He saw him being driven out of town, probably by threats of killing him. The second city is Iconium. In that city, in, in Acts, uh, again, it's Acts 13, there was a plot afoot among both Gentiles and Jews, together with their leaders, to mistreat them and to stone them. In other words, these, the people at Iconium, they were out for blood. I mean, they would have had no problem killing Paul. They wanted to do that. Well, Timothy knew all about these threats. He knew the, the animosity that Paul experienced there. The third city was Lystra. In, in Acts uh, uh, 14, 19, it says, Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium. The other two cities, these other two nearby cities, you know, we talked about how they're all close together. Some, some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over at Lystra. Here at Lystra, it says, They stoned Paul and dragged him outside of the city thinking he was dead. So again, Timothy followed Paul through all this kind of stuff. So Paul was Timothy's model, and in many ways, he is still our model, our pattern. Do you remember the verse in Hebrews where it says that Abel being dead yet speaks? You know, his faith is still being proclaimed to me. Uh, I love that. And in a sense, Paul, being dead, still speaks. He is still communicating to us by the life that he lived and by the example that he set for us. And he still calls us, as he, followed, as he called Timothy, to follow him in suffering. And I'm going to say this as, as nice as I can, but just being honest, something is wrong, something seriously wrong in our Christian life, in our walk, if we're not willing to suffer anything for the name. If our life is all about self-protection, ease, comfort, risk avoidance, what have we understood about our calling and what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ? That's, that's not the pattern Jesus gave us, not the pattern Paul gave us, that's the pattern that the saints down through the ages have given us. They gave us a pattern of willingness to pay a price. Willingness to suffer uh, for Jesus and the ministry of the gospel. And Paul reminds Timothy of this unbreakable truth in verse 12. Indeed, all who desire to live godly, a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. The ESV study note on this verse says, the actual persecution may be less when there has been more Christian influence on the laws and cultural values of a society, but the unbelieving world will always remain hostile, excuse me, the unbelieving world will always remain deeply hostile to the gospel. Interesting. 
the more Christian influence on laws and cultural values, the less persecution. Well, I am here to tell you today that the Christian influence on our laws and cultural values of our society is waning. And according to this principle, that will mean things harder, more difficult times for believers in days ahead. If you seek to live for the Lord, you will feel the pressure of Satan and the world. And I'm an old man now, but I felt that pressure clear back when I was in high school. I remember being mocked and made fun of by certain, a couple of teachers. Uh, I remember we wrote a letter to the editor of the East High newspaper about our faith in Christ. I remember being mocked in class for that. I remember being taunted and mocked for, uh, let's just say, not, not going along with the crowd on, in sexual immorality. I mean, you pay a price if you want to walk with Jesus. You, you just will. If you seek to live for the Lord. Again, I felt it when I was in high school. I felt it at I, Iowa State University clear back in the 1970s. And when I think of our kids today, I think what must it be like for them in the 2020s? But of course, those uh, who would call themselves Christians but who just fall in line with all of the current views of our culture which defy everything that God says about our sexuality and truth and coming judgment and the way of salvation through Christ alone, if we just fall in line with all of that, we will not be persecuted. It's not going to be rough if we do that. But if we follow Paul's teaching that will land you in trouble with our culture, if you seek to live a godly life, that will put you in trouble with our culture. And Paul goes on here in the next verse to really, in a sense, say, Timothy, it's it's naive to think that this is not going to happen or that it is just a temporary situa- situation. Um, in fact, he assures Timothy things are not going to ease up. Verse 13, but evil people and imposters will go on, go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Uh, Paul says that persecution will basically come from two sources, just evil, ungodly people, and it will come from imposters, sheeps in wolves' clothing, and it will go from bad to to worse. And that's really where Paul ends up this exhortation to, to, to Timothy. Uh, just to, you know, don't look for any way out of this real quick. No, it's just, it's just, it's just going to be a situation that we, that we must endure as believers. So the issue before us this morning is are we following Paul in, in the things that he modeled for us? Are, are we following Godly people, are we following other believers who are following Paul as Paul followed Christ? Are we doing that? Um, or are you sort of following other people who 
don't really have Christ's interests at heart? Um, or are you sort of following imposters in any way? Or are you following the real deal? Are you following people that are walking in integrity and in truth and in the teaching of Paul and the kind of conduct and willingness to suffer that he laid out for us? Well, wherever you're at this morning, it'd be a great morning uh, to get your eyes uh, back firmly on people that are uh, following Christ and that you know are following Christ. And I'm going to close this morning with Philippians 3.17 where Paul said, but brothers and sisters, keep your eyes on those people who walk according to the example that you have in us and imitate them. Let's pray. Father, thank you uh, for your word. Thank you for how much it helps us. God, we thank you.